Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the Side Action, episode 19 of season four. I am Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Uh, follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter. So, Action, you can see I have the ring light. I have the ring light. Hopefully, America can see me again instead of the blurred out version. Um, so Sharp, uh, sharp image. Some focus sharp. there. Maybe that's something you got from Sharper Image. Well, somebody sent it to my brother. You know, thanks, bro, for the birthday gift. Um, he's been great the last couple of years. Last year was the baseball. This year, the uh, you know the ring light. So he's just thinking about me. Solid gift right there. Absolutely. So uh, how was the New Year's Eve? Did you throw it out and have a good time? It's good. Nothing crazy at all. We uh, Marcus was visiting us, so we kind of out, had some really nice dinners that week. And on uh, New Year's Eve proper, we just kind of uh, lounged around here. Uh, stayed in, watched football, and a couple of movies as well. It was an enjoyable, relaxing New Year's Eve. How about yourself? As you know, I did the ping pong party. Um, it was a lot of fun. A little too much fun, maybe. was out pretty late. Uh, had a good time, though, which is important. Uh, you know, my daughter was around, so she caught up. She never had seen The Defenders on Netflix. We watched, like, the entire, all of those series, the entirety. Um, she's now down visit her mom, so... You know, back here, Edgewater Studio, by myself, but I'm going to have a big party this weekend for my birthday belated, um, so nice. You know, doing the game night party, which you know is a big, big ticket item. COVID obviously is ravaging America with Omicron, so we'll see how many people show, but there's a lot of people on the attendee list, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to that, as well as this uh, week 18 in the NFL. Usually we're in the playoffs by now. Yeah, it's going to be strange having regular season football ongoing. This first weekend of January, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with myself on Saturday. For example, there's no divisional games to watch. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, so, yeah, we can talk about that. It's an interesting week. And then also, you know, the college football playoff, you know, the championship game is Monday night. We can talk a little bit about that. We can talk about college football all year, but maybe you can help me. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in line to win the pool, the confidence pool. If I pick it right and the top guy doesn't. So... Nice. Need your, need your assistance. Um, so anyway, well, let's jump into it. Uh, recap for week 17. Um, you know, it was kind of a more or less split, although a little bit interesting on where people were. The the dogs went seven and nine this week. Uh, so again, it's getting real close to that 50-50 in the season action. It always does. Um, but this week, the road dogs kind of got pummeled. Uh, so the home was one big. Uh, so I had uh, three and nine for the road dogs. Uh, ATS and then you know unders were big back again so 10 and 6 that this week and in general road teams kind of got smashed 5 and 11 in general so we did have more games that were affected by the spread so maybe it only took week 17 for, for Vegas <laughs> to tighten this up but now we actually have to look at the spread once in a while yeah yeah I mean you always knew well maybe maybe we didn't but interesting to see how low those percentages were all season long and now four games out of the 16 this weekend. So very interesting. Um, but, uh, I, you know, the unders, I 
I think that typically once the cold weather arrives, you see the scoring depress a little bit. So that's not surprising to see. And, uh, and certainly the road dogs, that is surprising to me because we've talked about often on this podcast, how home field advantage has been diminished in the league now. And, uh, the home teams played well this past week, except for the Colts. Except for the Colts. Much to the excitement (laughs) of our proxy who is jumping up and down with glee because he was not only happy about the Raiders, but, you know, I told him there's no way they were going to win. And he was, you know, sticking that to the, to the whole crew. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. <laughs> Let's talk about some of these highs. And uh, the first one is, you know, the Bengals, we did pick them, but out of the gate, that game didn't look so good action. It was like 21-7 and 28-14, and, you know, Kansas City was kind of dominating the Bengals, and all of a sudden, you know, this guy, Jamar Chase, who's my rookie of the year, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, he dominated 266 yards, three touchdowns on 11 catches. One of them was a uh, – I don't know. He just ran through the whole defense on that play, and they and Cincinnati gets the win outright, 34-31. Although we probably should talk about Zach Taylor's choice at the end of the, of the game there to go for fourth down and kind of got bailed out in some penalties. What was he doing right there? Yeah, it was a very strange decision. I mean, on one hand, I guess you could look at the clock. I think there was like 40 or 50 seconds left, and mm. the Chiefs were without timeouts. But it's still Patrick Mahomes. And sure. uh, if they had failed there, I guess on one hand, you could consider that you have Mahomes has to go 99 yards or 60 yards to get into field goal range on you. And sure. that would have been difficult. But certainly don't want to go to overtime in that situation when you have an opportunity to kick the field goal. And right. he got bailed out. Thankfully, they kicked the field goal and then ended up winning the game by three. Yeah, analytics aside, I mean, I know we've talked about it. We're we're a little bit on different sides of that sometimes, action, But I guess I just don't. You know, look, I don't want to go to. I don't want to lose to Patrick Mahomes. But I mean, that was a huge game for both teams. Really, got a chance to kick the field goal with maybe I don't even know what it was at that time. Minimal seconds, maybe thirty seconds or something. I don't know. I guess it's just strange to me, but. They won the game. We, we would all talked about it on Monday if he, if he, they didn't, if they missed the field goal or whatever, or got stuffed. They actually did, except for the offside. So, mm-hmm. All right, the next one was the Titans, and this is a really crazy year for this team. I mean, the Titans, after being the number one seed, and we were shocked how they got there. They kept beating teams, even when Henry got hurt for a couple of weeks. Then they kind of cratered for a while. They came through big. I mean, they crushed the Dolphins. This was getting close, and um, they housed the Dolphins. Uh, it was like 34 and three or something. Mm-hmm. And in the end, you know, they're the one seed if they win this week, which is incredible because, you know, I know Henry, I guess, is clear to practice this week, but he won't play this week, obviously. But either way, I mean, this could have been a better result for this team. And now, not only did they win the AFC, they can win the first, the one seed this week. Yeah, it certainly would be a, a big opportunity for them if they were able to defeat the Texans this time. They're locked into the number one seed. And, uh, you know, I think you got to give some credit to their defense. They held Miami to three out of 12 on third downs, which was a big outcome in the game. And uh, offensively, right. they, they got the running game going, too, with some of the backups. Hilliard had a big game on the ground. So, uh, I mean, who knows? I, I'm going to be interested in fading them, though, whoever they match up with in the round through the playoffs. I know. I know you are. But um, I do think Vrabel should coach the year. He may not be. I've been talking on the floor, talking to Zach Taylor. Um, and obviously, to Taylor's credit, I mean, 
they got, I mean, they were picked. I had them winning five games. I mean, they, they weren't supposed to be that great, and they're playing incredibly. So, um, but I don't know. Given what he's gone through, I think he deserves it. Um, let's look at some of these other notes up here. Uh, Kyler Dallas, we talked about this on the pod, and of course it came to fruition. We didn't end up going with the pick. Everybody else did. Uh, but, you know, Curry goes to Dallas, and he just dominates the Cowboys again. I mean, he wasn't, like, lighting up the scoreboard as he did last year, but he still made great plays. And the final score was 25-22. They were big in this game, so they let Dallas come back. But they won the game outright, covering the six points. And, I mean, this could be a matchup in, a, in the playoffs and next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it appears, though, that if they do rematch, it'll be in Cowboys Stadium again. But we didn't. I didn't pick this out before the game, and I was reading afterwards that Kyler Murray has never lost as a quarterback in that stadium. Several times in high school, winning championships, and then a few with OU. Now the Cardinals have played there twice, and they've won twice. So maybe going back there could be a good charm for them. But they definitely got the offense going in the first half especially and uh, just kind of held out right. for the win in the second half. Right. Yeah, well, we'll they have to still win the division with the Rams. So. Fair. On the lows, uh, let's face it, um, this was really before, and we, we had this information. We didn't end up going with it in the contest, stayed away from it. But the Vikings, I mean, just in general, this team, you had <laughs> Kirk Cousins who didn't play because of COVID, unvaccinated, whatever. Shane Mannion steps in, and, and Kellen Mung got in front of two plays. 193 yards passing and 24 completions. This is 44 or 4.4 yard average. Um, that's not good action, at least the last time I checked. And they missed the playoffs again. They only made the playoffs once since the, you know, whatever, the Minneapolis Miracle, the play to Diggs. And I, I kind of feel like that fire is never on how you feel. But I think it's probably a whole reset there. But maybe they'll keep Kirk because he still has big contract. Yeah, it certainly would be a surprise if it stays on, don't you think, at this point? Um, Sean Mannion was worse than you and I expected. And unfortunately, we passed on the game. And every almost every single one of our competitors in the contest picked up W in that one. But uh, uh, I don't know what else to say about it. I don't know that you could give the Packers any sort of credit for that victory either. Right. I mean, it's hard to figure it out with the playing with such bad, you know, quarterback play. The last, and then we have Giants. This, I mean, take Sean Mannion instead of of whoever for the Giants in the opening play of the game. They fumble almost to a, you know, stupid score. They passed. This was Mike Lennon, 24 yards and 11 attempts against the Panthers. Uh, that's an all-time low in a non-weather game like the NFL, like an ineffective weather game. <laughs> yeah, another game that I was kicking myself that we passed on because yeah. I think we talked about but, the Bears a little bit. But the Giants are just worse than I ever could have imagined. They are easily playing as the number 32 team in the league right now. Yeah, they're, they're really bad. Um, and the last is Matthew Stafford. Now, the Rams did win the game. They were down big. That was a 19-7 or something mm-hmm. against Baltimore. And they raged back. But, I mean, Stafford has six interceptions in his last three games. He had two more in this game. He did put them together on a minute drive. You know, the Ravens just are depleted. They, they gave up the big score. And then they win the game 2019, but didn't cover. That was actually a game that we picked, unfortunately, for the Rams. I just, can we trust this guy in a playoffs? I mean, this guy is looking terrible. Um, obviously, Cooper Cup might win. You know, he could win the MVP, for God's sakes. But Stafford, rough to see. Yeah, it was uh, definitely big for us at, at times that game. And the Rams, thankfully for them, came back and won the game outright. But they had no chance of covering the contest for us. Right, I know. Bummer, Bummer Bill. Um, I don't know, you want to some of the injuries? I don't know if I can actually have an issue with scrolling through the agent. No, uh, no major new injuries that I'm aware of this week. I mean, obviously, being week 18, you have to be way more cognizant of what players are going to be sitting and starting, not only due to COVID, but now motivational issues, like on the Bengals side, who uh, it's been announced that many of their starters are going to sit this week. So uh, certainly something that you have to do a little bit more of a deep dive on before you pick these games to figure out who's going to be on the field. Gotcha. 
Well, I will tell you, we'll go ratings stuff, but some of this is kind of thrown off the window. Maybe we can talk about this um, a little bit in general. It seems like the rating, you know, a couple of weeks behind the action. But, I mean, the, the Bills are still one, the Bucks are two, even though they still, they barely beat the Jets. And I don't know if that was an intentional loss by the Jets, but, you know, they, they really should have beat the Bucks. Um, Cowboys at three, Patriots or Cardinals, then Packers. Uh, Colts, Chiefs, Rams, and Eagles. Um, I don't have Bengals in the top ten here, which is kind of interesting. But um, uh, how's that stack against DVOA? Because um, the the Cowboys. I mean, nothing actually. No real changes in DVOA since last week. The Cowboys are at the top of that list with the Bucks followed by the Bills. So the top three are the same, just a little bit reordered. And uh, Patriots right yeah. behind them as well, followed by Rams, Chiefs, Niners, and the Packers have been the top eight. So uh, very similar lists on both sides, to be honest. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, we, well, this is just more content talk than you know, analysis, but it's like this seems to be the swoon. We get to the end of the season, we go well to a point because the metrics make sense, or it makes sense, and then a lot of the two week swoon. You know, this is the two week swoon that we hit again this year. I mean, what do you think it is? Do you think it's just it's, it's motivational issues? Like some of these teams just kind of mail it in, AA Giants, uh, teams like that, and we just have to kind of throw out the metrics at this point? Yeah, I do. I really think that you have to almost completely shift the way that you handicap games this time of the year. I was reading that uh, Darius Leonard for the Colts came out uh, today to the media and suggested that they didn't practice hard at all last week. I don't know if that's a mindset that they believe that their opponents are just going to lay down or what it is, but um, hopefully they practice hard this week then knowing that they need to win the game to make the playoffs. But I do think, I mean, it's difficult as betters for us to understand what the, mo- the real motivational um, impetus is for these teams. Right, right. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, for example, and that we bet this game per se, we talked about it, we stayed away from it. I mean, look at Seattle. All of a sudden, I mean, they scored, what was it, 50 points or something? I mean, they destroyed the Lions. And the Lions actually put up a fight in the second half. But it was like, oh, okay, now we're going to play hard to save Pete Carroll's job. Is that what we're doing? I mean, we played like garbage all year, and all of a sudden we're going to play gangbusters. Um, it's hard to predict that. And then obviously you have other situations. I mean, we had, we knew that. What was interesting, and we we stayed away from it, but the whole contest jumped on the Steelers, and we had talked about it. You had talked about it was a smash spot for the Steelers because of the Ben moves, but that's not why they won that game. They won that game because right. Cleveland got eliminated, yeah. right? And they wouldn't have known that on Saturday, but they got eliminated from the playoffs, and obviously they came out and like, eh. you know, so it's just a little frustrating as a, you know, stats guy over here trying to, come on, let's go, play the game 100%. Yeah, I mean, this time of the year, you, the numbers, guys, you almost have to throw that out the window completely because it's a totally different game. And it, it, and in many cases, it's not even the same team that you have been evaluating the numbers on throughout the entire season. Right, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, well, let's jump into this week. A little bit of a reset. Um, we've got you know one week to go. We can't really cash. We want to do the best we can. So let's make our best picks here for our listeners to uh, make money for everybody. So the first one, we have two games just laid out right. What, what's the Saturday? There's another Saturday game, right? There's um, these, these are uh, just showing up in rotation order, I believe. No, these, these are right. The two Saturday games are Dallas and Philadelphia at the late night, the late spot, and then Kansas City and Denver in the early game. Okay, just want to make sure. Yeah. Okay, so the first game on the you know in the viewing audience is Kansas City going to Denver. Uh, Kansas City opens a three-point favorite on the road, three three and a half point total. The Chiefs are now up to ten. I haven't seen eleven here at Rivers in Chicago. Only four and a half point total. So that was another team that's just cratered down the stretches. Um, we've got Drew Locke. We talked about him. He sinks, and the Chiefs obviously are still in the mix of the one seed. If they win, the Titans lose. 
So you got to figure the Chiefs are motivated, and that's what the line is telling you, right? Um, is that, I mean, this is an early one. We could take it if we wanted to. Would you jump on the Chiefs? No, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, they they certainly need to win the game, but I don't think that their motivation is going to be too high because the expectations that the Titans are going to lose are very slim. So, I right. you know, I think this is a theme that you might hear me talk about a lot as we move forward here, that just because a team is in a must-win spot, it doesn't necessarily mean that they must cover. So laying 10.5 points in a game that potentially could, you know, there's no real reason for the Chiefs to want to run the score up again this week. They have the playoffs to look forward to and likely a game the very next following week. Right, right. That's true. That's true. Okay. So stay for me. Yeah, and no interest in betting on Drew Locke, obviously. Uh, next game, 8.15 p.m. Saturday is Dallas going to Philadelphia, and the Cowboys are 4.5 as road Right, right. So, I mean, you got to figure the Cowboys want to win. The Eagles are locked into their playoff spot, but they go up in the slot, basically, if winners lose. Uh, you know, the Cowboys, they can't get to the one seed from what I've figured out. So sure. I think it's just a spot. I mean, it's going to be a backup game. I mean, this is this is the point. They, they did this. The scheduling was good if, you know, maybe Philly was one game better, right? But is it just another stay-away spot for you, or do you think you would lay it with Dallas? No, I, I don't think I would lay it with Dallas. I would probably lean to the Philadelphia side here in this in this game, taking the home underdog in the division. I realize that Philly doesn't have a whole lot to play for either. I think they could advance one seed in the playoffs. Is that right? That's I was reading your, uh, your blog list. And, uh, and, but I haven't read if it's going to be the starters. Jalen Hurts was pretty good. Boston Scott was great last week. Mm-hmm. So, And, um, again, I just think that the Cowboys is a team that is a little bit overrated at this point of the season. They are. They are. I will say about Philly, from what I understand, they haven't beaten a winning team all season. This would be their first. Um, if if the Saints win this weekend, then technically this, the Philly would have beaten a winning team. Other than that, all teams are against sub-500 teams. That's my only thing against Philly. And, you know, my coworkers love Philly, so sorry, guys. But um, So I'd probably figure I get it. You're getting the, the home dog at four and a half in the division. It seems like a good number. I just don't know if they're, they're that good of a team, you know? Yeah. But do you have interest in laying the points with the Cowboys on the road? Not really, no. No, it'd be more of a okay. stay spot just because if Dallas is playing for the one seed, yeah, sure, you know. But in the end, yeah, you're probably right. Philly's probably, they probably they probably would win the, win the game. It's probably a decent money line spot. But um, I don't know about contest pick for me. Okay. All right, so next one is Green Bay at Detroit. Uh, this Green Bay opens 11-point favorite on the road, 46.5-point total. It's all the way down to three and a half in the contest. Total's 44 and a half. Green Bay has nothing to play for. Obviously, they won the one seed outright. They have this record in the NFL in general. Um, so they have no motivation at all. So, I mean, the, <laughs> these are tough games. Like, do you say, okay, they're going to – I don't even know if they're, they're going to sit Rodgers. Is that already reputed? I don't even know. Everything that I have been reading suggests that Rodgers is going to play. Right. And I, I don't know if that's his opinion or the coaching staff or the front office, but – I don't believe it for a second. I don't see – I mean, they may start the game, but I don't see any reason that the Packers are going to roll out their starters and and try to run through the Lions in this game. And for that reason, I think that there's some value here in looking at the underdog Lions as a home underdog in the division. They've proven that they play hard week in and week out, and I have no doubt they'll do that this week as well. Right. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think that's the right side. Uh, I just, you know – I don't know what happened last week. I, I just think what happened last week because that was just 
Rashad Penny ran for like a million yards against them. I know that was weird. I was like, God, they couldn't stop the run. They've been pretty solid this year. I don't know. I guess we can put a yellow on that one. I, I might have some other ones that I like better. Um, sure. You know, we'll see. Okay, so the next one is uh, Chicago going to Minnesota. Uh, the Bears obviously got their they got their big win against the Premier Giants. Uh, Minnesota is a point favorite at home, 45 point total. It's five and a half in the contest. The market says three and a half. The Vikings, 44 and a half point total. Yeah, you know, I don't know what to do with this team. Like the Vikings, to me, uh, I mean, their, their season's over. So is Chicago's, and and it's reported that Nagy's probably gonna get fired. So maybe they're playing for Nagy. I they did last week, um, yeah. and this is the kind of shift that I don't like. Action. It's like the numbers don't tell me anything in this one, except that I know Minnesota defense sucks. The Bears defense is pretty good, and in the end, I mean, I love the weapons on Minnesota, but sometimes they play like oh shit, not like it. So. Yeah, this one is really difficult. What do you make of the difference in the contest line, five and a half, versus the current market today at three and a half? Do you, it appears that Circa believes it's going to rise between now and kickoff. I mean, look, I have the game at Vikings minus five. So maybe they're just like, hey, ignore the noise. We're going to put the real number because both these teams are out of it. Um But I think that people eventually are going to be like, the Vikings are a better team, right? I mean, I... I don't know. Uh, and the Vikings have beaten the Bears, I don't know how many years running, in Minnesota. Maybe last year the Bears beat them, I can't remember. But they almost always beat them in Minnesota. It's it's just like death taxes. Right. So I'm not sure, dude. I, I can't really say. I, I I think it's the the real line, I guess, is what I'm saying. It's just surprising that the line's so depressed towards the Bears. Yeah, and actually, as I say that, it does look like it's pretty much five and a half across the board now. Oh, okay. As we speak this evening, so apparently they were in line with the market. But um, I was interested in the Minnesota side in this game initially until today. I read reports that Justin Fields hit the COVID list, okay. and I think whether it's Dalton or Nick Foles inserted into the lineup actually gives the Bears a little bit more of an edge, a fighting edge in this game as an underdog. And like you said, historically they have performed really well in this spot on the road. Right. Right. Well, I guess we'll put it as a yellow. It's going to be out of his all week. We're going to talk about these crazy lines that, you know, I'm, I'm I'm too linear. I'm too, like, binary. I need to figure this out. I like looking at numbers. Um, but we'll see what happens here. Uh, let's see. So another one action. Lead off because I can't scroll down on this. Thing. Sure. <laughs> uh, AFC East divisional game. We've got the New England Patriots going on the road to Miami. And the Patriots are showing as a road favorite, minus six. Yeah. This one I can get behind the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots are still online for the division if – is that right? That's not true. They can't. I think so. Yeah, they can. They can take the division if they win, right? And Buffalo loses. Yeah, and, Buff- and Buffalo yeah, yeah. loses. So right. I think they have all the motivation in the world. I was really disappointed in, in Miami last week. You know, I knew that they hadn't played anybody, but damn, you know. Um and I know Miami, look, traditionally New England sucks in Miami, but you know, I don't know if that was Tom Brady or what, but I got to think they're going to come out with a fury here and they're going to beat this 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 Miami team. It's a lot to lay, to be honest with you, but mm-hmm. Miami's out of the playoffs, so to me it lines up for the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots really opened a can last week against the Jaguars, huh? Oh, my God. It was another, you know, we've talked about it all season. This team, they, they have two uh, – 
performances like this. What was the other one? Was it Cleveland? They they the beat something like the Jets, like 50, 50 to yeah. seven or something. I mean, look, they if they and it's interesting is they don't put their you know Belichick's like screw it, we're gonna keep scoring. I don't know why. I mean, he's looking for point differential. I don't think it matters, but um, they did. I mean, Mac looked pretty good in that game. Yeah, it beat me on a couple of live unders in that one as the Pats just continued to run the ball into the end zone throughout the second half. But we digress. I actually like the Dolphins in this game, Ooh. catching six points. I think, uh, it, as you mentioned, it really lines up, motivationally speaking, that the Patriots should win this game. But uh, I think that the Dolphins, despite their loss last week and getting knocked out of the playoff chase, are going to continue to fight for Coach Flores and um, – Speaking of Coach, Coach Flores, he is obviously a Belichick disciple, and he always has his team prepared to play against the Pats. He does. He does. Well, we're on different sides of that one. Uh, okay. Well, let's maybe that'll be one you talk to me in later. I don't know if I can get on board with you, but we'll we'll see. I mean, I I do have the game that the Pats are like eight points better, so it's it's tough. I mean, they okay. did. The thing is, those explosive performances do kind of knock the index off because they don't score that many points normally. So it is a big spread for this low total game, which is kind of a an actual fundamental for for, for gambling. Let's uh, I'll put a yellow for New England, maybe or for Miami, maybe get on board with Okay, you. right up. So I think the next game is Indy Jacksonville. Is that right? Action. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. So your Colts going to Jacksonville. Uh, they open as eight and a half point favorites on the road, forty four and a half point total. They're up to sixteen in the contest, which wow. Uh, 44 point total. Look, the Colts got to win, right? They got to win to get in. I mean, if they lose, they can possibly be sitting on the sidelines, which is unfathomable with this team, especially metrically. Damn, 16 is a lot of points, but Jacksonville sucks. I mean, you you're not going to make the case for Jacksonville now, are you? <laughs> you have to, I think. <laughs> Certainly, would I wouldn't lay 16 points with the Colts in any century or or football, but uh, Jacksonville. They Indianapolis hasn't won on the road in Jacksonville since 2014. That's crazy. So this has been a house of horrors for the Colts lately. And I understand that they have to miss game. And Darius Leonard in that same interview said that they've been practicing super focused all week. And I expect they're going to come out focused. But winning by 16 is a whole other conversation. And uh, I would probably lean to Jacksonville here, although probably not with strong conviction, just given the fact that they've been getting pasted recently. Right, right. Yeah, I, I can't do it in a contest. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I'm, I'm also gleaning. I'm in the running. I'm tied for first in the ATS with Donnan's group and stuff. So I do have to glean some information here. Um, the last two weeks have not been kind to me, but I hear what you're saying. It's just tough. This team is uh, it's not played well. I mean, the best they played well, um, but the last couple games before that, they've not. So we'll see. You're right. 16 is a lot of points. It's a tough one for a divisional game, too. Let's stay away, action. Okay. All right, next game. Yes. Go ahead. I'm on the right page now. When we get to the next scroll, I don't know if I can see it again. So uh, Jets, Buffalo. um, We've got Buffalo open as a 17-point favorite at home, 45-point total. It's 16 in the contest, 16.5 across the board, and 41. Again, Bill's highly motivated here. Have to win to keep the division. And it's really about seeding now. They want to get a home game at least. Huge number, but I mean, you got to back the Bills, right? Bill, I mean, the Jets, I, they played great, sorta. Um, I mean, my guy Zach Wilson decided to start playing football, but 
I don't know, man. I, I I can't back the Jets, man. I can't do it. I told you last week we should have done it, but this is yeah. oh. <laughs> I can't yeah, do well, it. I will give you that credit. You you were uh, suggesting the Jets last week. Yeah. But I don't think I can lay the points with Buffalo here. This is another team that obviously has the motivation to win the division, but despite their history where they like running the games up late, I don't see them doing it this week, knowing that – and. In all likelihood, actually, it's guaranteed that they're going to be playing next week in a playoff game. Right. I don't see Josh Allen running the ball late to to make this 14-point game a 17 or a 10-point game 17. Okay. So I, I think if we were to pick, I would only side with the Jets here. But I'm with you. I think it's probably a pass. Yeah, good call. Good call. Can I interest you in a Tampa Bay game? Uh, Tampa Bay at home, Carolina. Uh, it, we didn't talk about the Antonio Brown, by the way. But uh, Tampa Bay opened as a 16.5-point favorite. At home, 43-point total, eight points in the contest. Um, it's between eight and seven and a half with a 41-and-a-half-point total. And we'll touch loosely on Antonio Brown, which we didn't mention at the top. I mean, he's in that case. We all know it. I've known it for three years. I feel bad for the guy. Maybe it's CTE. Maybe he's got mental problems. He's taking his shirt off. He's throwing, dancing around the end zone mid-play. I mean, whatever. But I will tell you the story behind that. We'll talk about it in the playoff preview next week. You lost God when you lost Brown. You don't have that yeah. mid-range guy. You've got, I mean, you still got Evans, and, but but anyway, Tampa still has you know motivation here. I mean, that's you know they can't be the one seed, obviously, but they could be the two seed uh, if they win. Uh, they've obviously won their division. Carolina has baffled me. This team has just stunk in the second half, um, and uh, I don't know. I guess they played a K against the Saints, but Saints have no offense. Eight points at home with Tampa. They've been covering numbers pretty much except for against the Saints. What do you think about the box? I don't know. I don't know. I think that uh, th- this offense is broken a little bit right now. You touched on Antonio Brown, and uh, I'll add that I had so many Antonio Brown props last week because of his contract incentive incentives. <laughs> I was drinking the Kool-Aid, and uh, that was a wild way to lose a bunch of prop bets. But I made them, too, because Mike Evans was banged up, and sure. he actually performed uh, better than I expected in the game. But he's still hurt. And beyond Mike Evans, they've and they've now lost these other two receivers, I don't think this offense has a whole bunch of a bite. Um, he didn't touch on Fournette being out of the lineup, and Ronald Jones got hurt last week as well, speaking of injuries. So I just don't think this is an offense right now that's capable of running scores up. And on the other side, the Carolina Panthers have been a stout defense all season long. That hasn't been their issue. So I think that there's value on the underdog here. Okay. All right. Maybe let's put this one as a yellow, even though it's against my index pick for Carolina. Um, Only because that that number's rough, eight points. I mean, you know, it's the same thing last week. It was like the road, you know, I think it was seven or six and a half or something. They didn't didn't end up covering that one, but they it was close till the end on that one. I have one more thing to add uh, in terms of the seeding. Do you think that uh, Arians and the rest of the team is all that concerned about two versus three? And will they risk even more players trying to push on late with Brady being so old and the rest of their offense down to, you know, bare bones? Yeah, I mean, the answer to the question is that he shouldn't, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Arians after this week, it's a disaster situation with Antonio Brown. It's a PR nightmare. You know, they apparently they who knows what was set. Maybe they told him to get in the game and he was injured. I have no idea. So they got to kind of look decent in this game. 
because they're going to play the following week to me. So I agree with you. They're probably not going to – I mean, I can't see Brady if they're up like 10 points or 14 or something. they got to pull him, right? You can't – you're not going to yeah. win that much. You know, you don't need him at all. And like you said, two versus three isn't that big of a deal. But I don't know. I would love for them to give us news and say Brady's sitting, and that'd be easy. Yeah. Right. All right. Okay. The next one is Tennessee Houston. Tennessee is a ten point or was a ten point favorite on the opener, forty four point total. It's still there. Tennessee is a ten point favorite on the road, forty three point total. You know, look, the Titans have to win to keep the one seed. I believe that they will. Um, they don't have all the weapons that they should, but Brable knows how to rally his troops. Will you take this one minus ten? I've got it. Come on, minus ten. Titans on the road. Look at this guy. Oh. He's captain underdog all week, all day. He's back to the, the to the season. Uh, I do like a lot of underdogs this week. I, I don't see again. This is not an offense that's capable of blowing teams out, despite the outcome last week, and despite the outcome last week. Okay. Uh, AJ Brown is back, and uh, and Julio Jones is still in and out of the lineup. But uh, in the previous game, remember Houston went in and beat the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. And uh, I think that I'm expecting the the Texans are going to play hard again this week. I don't expect they're going to win again, but I think that you have some value catching 10 at home with the Texans. Mm -hmm. Can I get on board with that, bro? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Back away. Okay. It's going to be a rougher week than I thought. Um, That's okay. That's okay. That's why we do the podcast. So Are you you're interested in laying time with the Titans? Absolutely, hundred percent. I mean, okay. I know what you're saying, and I, I get yeah, the Texans beat them. That's you know fascinating, but I just I think that Tennessee is going to come out and throttle this team. They got to win the one seed. Uh, they got to take they got to take it down in terms of you know getting Henry back and taking that extra week. And they're playing a role now. They've beaten two good teams. Well, Miami's not good, but they beat San Francisco and beat. Um, Obviously, Miami, that was a big game. Ten points. I, I think Houston's defense is okay. But um, I think Deontay Foreman's playing great in, in the absence of, uh, you know, Henry. And I think they're going to beat him. I mean, ten points is a big number, no question. But uh, Houston hasn't covered much lately, right? They uh, Before the loss last week at San Francisco, they had two covers against the Chargers in Jacksonville. Right, that's true. They did beat they did beat the Chargers. So I don't know. I mean, I I guess I just I'm looking at more motivation, and I mean it's really pretty close to my index anyway. So it's like eight instead of ten, but you know it's okay. We can just right. agree and move on. Uh, okay, Washington and the Giants. Um, this one's whatever. Washington let us down. Man. Uh, Washington minus four, uh, of course, on the road in the opener, 41-point total. They're up to seven in the contest, 38.5-point total. I don't know what to say. Uh, the only thing I will say about extra motivation, because neither of these teams are going anywhere, is that Joe Judge called out Washington and said they're a clown organization or something like that. So I kind of think there is motivation for, you know, for Washington here. Seven points is a big number, but the Giants have stunk. So, I mean, you would probably say, hey, the Giants have stunk. Everybody thinks they stink, so let's go with them because, you know, but that's kind of my theory last week, and it didn't work. So I'd, I'd probably lay seven versus do it or do nothing. 
Yeah, I agree. I have no interest in the Giants. I think I read that the neck, the giraffe neck, Mike Glennon is out for the rest of the season. Yeah, with hand surgery. So it's going to be Jake Fromm. And uh, Jake Fromm has been probably the worst quarterback that's suited up for any significant amount of time this season. And I I don't think that they're going to be able to throw the ball at all against the Washington team. So I would definitely be interested in laying the points. A green one. We did it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It only took us like eight picks or ten picks. (laughs) Thank you, Action. All right. Let's lay some points here. (laughs) Okay. That's one favorite. There we go. All right, let's go to the next one, New Orleans and Atlanta. Uh, New Orleans Open is a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, 42-point total. It's four-and-a-half in the contest, 40-and-a-half-point total. Again, great work by Circa here, making it really tough. I mean, the Saints, again, they have a snow, snowball's chance in hell to make the playoffs. They can do it. They need some help. They need San Francisco to lose. It's the 4 o'clock window, so you're not going to know until later, but <clears> – <throat> I gotta think Atlanta, uh, New Orleans is gonna win the game. I know that New Orleans, I know that Atlanta, you know they they really had some games where they could have won. They they did follow suit that they're not gonna you know <laughs> for us they don't play good you know good teams well. But um, God, three and a half sucks, man. I, I would have gone the Saints if it was three and a half maybe. Um, but it's a tough number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Atlanta in this game. They uh, I think this is one that screams uh, New. Orleans. People are going to be lining up to bet New Orleans because they have to win to make the playoffs. And Atlanta, despite being knocked out of the playoffs, has shown some ability. They they fought hard last week. Did you see Matt Ryan spiking the ball and then trash talking against the yeah. Bills yeah. late in the game? I did. Uh, that kind of that showed me that the Falcons are are in for a fight. And uh, they also won on the road in New Orleans previously this season season and so i think this is a matchup that they might have an advantage and i think there's value with the home underdog okay i can see that one atlanta yellow okay (laughs) done well mainly because what i mean we've talked about it new orleans really struggles covering numbers they just do they did last week barely they really shouldn't have Mm -hmm. okay and in the end that offense is is kind of broken i mean it's funny because you know, who knew that Jameis Winston was going to be the best quarterback for them in that system, you know, going in. So, And they and they, uh, they couldn't run the ball at all last week as well. Not that Atlanta has any sort of stout defense, but it was really uh, just catching balls out of the backfield that really did all the damage. Right, usually is. Okay, so the next game is uh, Pittsburgh against Baltimore. Obviously, Pittsburgh got the big win Monday night. You know, Ben was crying, whatever. <laughs> Now he's on the road at Baltimore, six and a half point favorite for Baltimore home, 42 point total at six in the contest. The mark is five and a half. This is for the Ravens, 41 and 42, depends on where you're at, or 41 and a half to 42 in the total. Really interesting game action. I, I'm a little surprised Baltimore is this favored. I mean, they're, I'm assuming Lamar Jackson's back. Is that what's happening? I, uh, th- that's questionable. Because I had seen some reports that he was going to be trending towards playing this week, but I personally don't see the value in risking him in a game where, like you, I mean, you mentioned the Ravens have a very slim chance to make the playoffs, and uh, I th- I believe that it's going to be Huntley, even though it hasn't been explicitly reported that way. Right, and obviously Pittsburgh it's a weird situation. Pittsburgh can win with some help. Um, but it's 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 a goofball situation. 
Baltimore technically can make the playoffs. I mean, it's kind of crazy. If the Colts lose, the door opens you know, wide open for them. But uh, so here's the question for you. So Huntley has covered every week, right? I mean, have they not covered every damn week with this guy in the, in the lineup? I mean, because they're usually the dog. This is a weird situation that they're favored. I don't understand. If this guy was a dog, I'd be all over it. I can't lay six with them, even though I think Ravens could win the game. But it's just a weird situation. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the one game that they didn't cover in the stretch of the last four was in Cincinnati when Huntley got out with COVID at the end and Josh Johnson stepped in. Right. But uh, before that, they covered late against Green Bay and then Cleveland the week before, uh, before the strong performance last week uh, against the Rams. Right. And uh, I I understand what you're saying. Um, Huntley isn't necessarily a high flyer, but he show, I think that his play the last four weeks has been more impressive than Lamar Jackson this season. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of Lamar Jackson, he's probably worried right now that he's going to get Wally Pitt and lose this job. But I think, in my opinion, the handicap here lies on the other side with the Steelers. After that mm-hmm. game on Monday night, Big Ben had his swan song and he was crying, as you mentioned. There's, I think that uh, they're going to have, they're going to come out super flat in this game, despite their chances of making the playoffs and it being a divisional game. I think that they're just going to mail it in and the Ravens are going to trounce them. Okay. Well, I'll get on board with the Ravens. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not back the Steelers all season. I don't like them. Um, it's just, it's just a weird situation. Um, and again, I don't think Huntley has been a favorite yet. So it's, mm-hmm. it's perfect to be a lot yeah. better, but we could go yellow, you know, since you're trounced. So like you say, he's going to hammer spot. I will say, though, if if for some reason it's announced Lamar Jackson's going to play, I have zero interest in the Ravens. I mean, he's clearly banged up, and I would much rather be betting on Huntley at 100% than Lamar Jackson at anything under 100. Okay. All right, so next game, Cincinnati and Cleveland. Cincinnati, or Cleveland opens a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home, 46-point total. The Browns are now a six-and-a-half-point favorite uh, with 38-point total. This is because Joe Burrow's now playing, right? Is that the deal? Correct. Yeah. So and that makes sense. Um, so to me, it's just a straight stay away. I don't love Cleveland now. I can't do what can't do it with these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baker Mayfield on the other side will also be out, going down for shoulder surgery. So Case Keenum will be under center for the Browns, and I think that's probably an upgrade too. So sure. definitely all signs point to the Browns being favorites, and that's why you're seeing six and a half. But I agree, we should pass. Okay. Perfect. All right. Next game. Uh, here we go. Uh, it is, wait, did I miss one? Dang it. Is it Baltimore? Or no, I already did that. Uh, okay. Seattle okay. and Arizona. Got it. Scrolling. All right. So Seattle and Arizona. Uh, Arizona is a five point favorite at home, 46 and a half point total. They're up to six and a half in the contest, with a 47 and a half to 48 point total. Um, like the five a lot better, but I still like the Cardinals here. Uh, they still have a chance to win the division. Uh, they've got to win. And I, I can't remember the matchup advantage on this one, but is it? Yeah, Arizona likes the, they beat Seattle normally in the matchup, right? I think Seattle no, has right. their number. Yeah. Uh, let me I'll pull up the head-to-head. But I'm no. I, despite that, I, I'm with you. I think that uh, Seattle has been underperforming this season, despite last week. And on the other side, the Cardinals got right with that victory in Dallas. And uh, I do think that this is another game that they're going to use 
to get the offense going with the loss of Hopkins. They're really trying to focus on getting some of the other receivers involved. James Conner didn't suit up again last week. And I yep. think that he's going to be more, trending more towards playing. So that'll certainly help the offense as well. Yeah. I mean, Edmonds came out questionable on the report, but I think he'll play. He's been really good. And I just think that, you know, your guy, Rondell Moore is adds an element. He's back. Christian Kirk played really well. So even in Hopkins app, since they're figuring something out. So yeah, I, I like Arizona and they are an index pick as well. All right. Let's see. San Francisco. Well, that's okay. Yeah. San Francisco and the Rams are kind of the, the marquee game in the four o'clock window. Um, the Rams open as a six and a half point favorite home, 44 and a half point total in the contest. It's four points for the Rams. Same total. Look, the Rams win, they win the division, they get the two seed. San Francisco wins, they're in. If they lose, they need help. They need they need to, you know, they have to make sure that um, uh, New Orleans lose, right? So it gets really dicey. Uh, look, I hate I hate Stafford. I'm on record now. I'm, I'm definitely on record for hating this guy. But, um, damn. And San Francisco usually owns this matchup, right? This is the matchup they own. Nailed it. Five in so, a row, victors. Four points, man. So you got to take the Niners, right? Yeah. Plus four. Definitely. Definitely. And uh, this has been a sharp side already this week. This one opened up closer to six and a half, I think, and you saw money immediately come in on the San Francisco side and yeah. bring it down to its current number. And I think it's the right move. I, I don't uh, I don't think the Rams are worth backing in this spot because I expect that uh, Jimmy G will be back this week under center for the Niners. And, um okay. And they're going to get the run game going against the Rams. So I do think that uh, the Niners are the pick. Okay, good. Hey, another green. All right. <laughs> All right. So the last game, the last game of the one that's it's already a playoff game, which is exciting. The Chargers and the Raiders. I know our proxy has got his, jury, has got his Derek Carr jersey on right now as we talk about this. Vegas, uh, actually, the Chargers open as a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. 47.5 point total. It's three in the contest for the Chargers on the road, 49.5 point total. The Chargers beat them pretty soundly when they were in L.A. earlier in the year. Vegas has somehow strung together a couple of wins here, and they got a shot. Winners in, losers out. If they tie, there's some weird things that can happen, but that usually doesn't happen. So, I mean, the Chargers are the better team, right? I mean, I've been going against my proxy for weeks, and I keep getting slapped in the face. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, this one opened at two and a half and w ticked up to three, which I think is a key move onto that number. Um, it does look like that Darren Waller is going to be back this week, which will certainly help okay. their offense. And I got to say, Derek Carr has been awesome lately. Uh, I mean, he was so good last week against the Colts. And uh, he's he's really carried this team since the loss of Coach and Ruggs. So uh, this is a really tough game. I lean to the Chargers as well, but do you think this is going to be a pretty heavily picked game in the contest? Yeah, I think on both sides. I think it's going to be maybe it's a good stay away spot. I definitely think everybody's going to put a pick on it. It's the last game. It's exciting. Uh, you also did mention Hunter Renfro. Kid, kid's balling. I mean, the kid's playing great. Who knew that that little guy who was balding at 21 out of Clemson or played like 17 years at Clemson uh, was going to be this good in the pros? But, um, yeah, I think we should stay away, actually. I mean, I, I do like the Chargers, but, I, man – Plus three with the Raiders at home. Not that there's a real home and field advantage, but 
seems like a logical number for the Raiders, but I, I just think the Chargers are a better squad. And Well, let's see. I mean, let's see if, if Herbert's got it because this is his big chance to get to the playoffs. Yeah, I think uh, it, there's been a lot of money on the over in this game. Betters are expecting both teams to go balls out to win this game. Obviously, they have to to get in and see a lot of points. You also got to expect that the Raiders are going to be able to run all over the Chargers like every opponent has done this season. That's right. I mean, we've said that for weeks, and it's usually true. You know, it happens. It happens. So, okay, well, let's stay away for now. I think we've got some other picks. Um, yeah. So let's uh, – I'm going to have you review the picks yep. as I get to the bottom of the screen here. <laughs> sure. We've got a lot of yellows that we'll have to sort through on Saturday. Detroit catching three and a half at home against the Packers. The Chicago Bears on the road plus five and a half at the Vikings. The Dolphins plus six at home versus the Patriots. Carolina on the road catching eight against Tampa Bay. We do have a solid pick on the Washington football team. Minus seven on the road at the New York Giants. Mm -hmm. uh, another maybe with the Falcons at home, uh, plus four and a half versus the Saints. The Ravens at home, minus six versus Pittsburgh. The Cardinals at home, minus six and a half versus the Seahawks. And then another one of our solid picks was the 49ers going on the road to L.A., catching four points. Okay. We've got some to pick from. I feel pretty good about those. I can live with those. I know there were some that we that I was poo-pooing quite a bit, but uh, I think we can get on board. We got two solid ones, which is always helpful. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk on Saturday again, and you know, and um, route to volleyball, likely action. Yeah. And uh, not not unlike every other week the past couple, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of COVID news between now and Saturday morning too. Right. Right. Okay, well, let's review the contest. So uh, we went two two and one last week. Eh, okay, fine. We didn't lose a lot of ground. We didn't gain ground. That's what we wanted to do. So in the shot of the money, guys, we lost it, guys. Sorry, everybody. We, we did our best. We were three picks better than last year, which is awesome action. That's, you know, that's a lot. Um, way better. But unfortunately, the competition's gotten better. There's a bigger pool. So, I mean, at the top of the heap, it's 60, 24, and 1. That's 71.18%. Just to give you some reference, in the Super Contest over at the Westgate, the the guy on top is at 57. So, you know, this is somebody's wow. dominating. And I believe the guy who's number one also has the number three entry yeah. is what I've heard. And the number two guy has the number five entry. So there's some real studs in there. Uh, that's three and a half picks better than, than last year at this time when we finished the contest. So just to tell you how good it is. In the top 50, it's 50 and 30, which is 64.71%. That's four port picks better than last year, dude. So, look, we did three picks better, but the, the field got three to four picks better. That's pretty impressive. I mean, maybe it's an anomaly. I'm not really sure, but um, I will tell you that if we would stay on track with what we didn't weren't able to do, I think we're going to be really close. If we would have hit that magic number I was looking at, I think we would have been. So I think we would need at least seven to, to get in there, but... Anyway, um, let's see what we can do in this week action. Uh, obviously, I'd love to get him at the, the top 500 at least. That would be nice to do. If we get a you know a four and one or a five and zero oh or something and get over 50 picks, that's really good uh, for an 18 week season. Yeah, it's incredible that uh, over 50 entries are hitting better than 64% against the spread. That's uh, incredible, and uh, it just goes to show how difficult this contest is now as it grows year over year. Over 4,000 entries makes it that much harder to actually cash. 
Yeah, and I didn't put the guy with the booby prize who apparently has it locked up. I mean, the guy's only gotten like 27 picks right or something. Wow. Um, winning by a full three picks or something like that or four picks. So that dude's locked up the 100 grand, so good for him. Um, but, you know, hey, good effort this year. It's 56.5% is really good, man. I mean, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, hopefully we can do a little bit better after this week and, and have something to build on for next year. So before we sign off, I wanted to ask, I know I didn't, I mentioned this at the top. I'm, you know, we didn't do any analysis for college. I'm sure you've done more. I mean, you've got the big Georgia versus Alabama matchup, but any thoughts on that game? And obviously, you know, Kirby Smart's never beaten him. I'm really only one assistant's ever beaten the great Nick Saban. So what do you think about in that game? I think he got him in that one SEC championship game, right? But then when they went to the uh, they oh, went to the right. national title game. Then Alabama came back and won the title. But right, right. anywho, uh, I, I do. I lean to Georgia to be honest with you. I think that uh, this year it's flipped, where Alabama got them in the championship game, and okay. now in the rematch, I am optimistic that Kirby Smart and the offensive coaches are going to change up the game plan a little bit. We saw in the semifinals that they came out and threw the ball on a lot of first downs with Bennett, and that caught Michigan off guard completely. And I anticipate they may have a similar game plan this week. Yeah, I mean, Georgia's uh, two and a half point favorites in that one, 52 point total. I, I think so. You know, I want that to happen. I, in a way, it's not totally anti Alabama. I mean, I think Saban's probably the greatest of all time in terms of college coaches. But, I mean, come on, somebody's got to beat these guys. I mean, we've seen Clemson beat them in the big spot. But, um, I'm kind of just rooting for Georgia. I mean, they, they, they had him a couple of years back when Tua was, you know, there as a freshman. But that's more of a heart pick than a an a, analysis pick. But they were the best team all year except for that Alabama game. Yeah, totally. And, uh, I mean, it's going to come down to the secondary play on both sides, whether or not Bennett can actually throw against Bama and uh, how well the Georgia defense fares against Bryce Young and company. Well, he was just chucking against the Wolverines. I mean, I, that game, when he hit the big pass, and I don't know what the corner was doing, he just stopped for a second and let the guy run past him. I'm like, who is this kid? Like, I mean, he wasn't – I didn't think it was a great throw, to be honest with you. But, hey, they were just taking their shots, and sometimes you got to do that to make things happen. So I heard the Alabama secondary is a little bit more suspect than years past. So mm-hmm. hopefully they all right. Well, um, I don't know. Any big plans for the weekend? Uh, you know, I mentioned my party, but you got something going this weekend? I think uh, we got a little snowfall here in southeast Michigan, so we're going to maybe head up and try to hit a local ski hill, get ourselves warmed up for our big trip to uh, the Alps in a few weeks. Oh, I didn't know you were. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Switzerland is in our in our plans uh, a couple weeks from now, so we're going to try and get warmed up here in the southeast Michigan hills. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you haven't skied in a minute, it might be a good idea. Um, <laughs> That's great. Yeah, in a couple of weeks, I'll be in Florida, so I'll have to work out that as well. Yeah. But um, So uh, just so for our listeners who are avidly, we'll still talk about football next week, of course. We'll do a kind of a playoff preview, and, and then I don't know if we'll tease a little bit for college, maybe wait for two weeks to do some college basketball, because that'll be the next stage for the podcast till the beginning of April. Yeah, for sure. I'd like to still work in some other sports, too. I know our opening, our lead-in to the podcast talks about yeah. the four major sports, but uh, we've kind of let them trail off a little bit. Yeah, I'm okay with that. If you want to do that, I mean, I know that, you know, we know Melissa loves the NBA. That's one way, but I know golf props and all that stuff are a big way to make money for people that are interested. And then 
obviously there's other sports. I mean, you know, get back to the action talking about his favorite soccer, of course. <laughs> That's always an option, too. Or tennis. We could throw in some nice. Australian Open. Nice, nice. Okay, well, great. We'll follow the podcast at Sign Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, everybody. Have a great week, and let's enjoy the last week. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.